every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge, one book at a time, one chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Blunderground Railroad, and we are back for the final chapter. This has been quite an experience. I'm Tom, and this is my wingman. How you doing? Stephen Hart here. Woo, man. Okay, so we have been on a trip through this book, and, you know, it's been good, bad, ugly, the whole spectrum. Confusing. Confusing. <laughs> enlightening, I'd say enlightening. Yeah, enlightening for sure, yeah. And, you know, for as much as... You know, I don't claim perfection. I don't think I've gotten it all right. I think that a f- couple things have really stuck out, and, and they're really going to stick with me for a long time. What's know? that? Well, I mean, I think a lot what we find in this chapter, I mean, this is a bit of a, a, a kind of a crescendo, a culmination here, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, so let, let's talk about it this way. So, man, is there any good in the underground, man? Yeah, the, the the fact that he wants to do good. <laughs> that is is can you can that be quantifiable? I guess. Well, can I mean, it's a, there's such a there's such a f- how much because the underground man challenges us here in this chapter. You know, he he calls a, he calls the reader out, right? I mean, he says uh, he says in the book, he says. I have only in my life carried to an extreme what you have not dared to carry halfway. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and what's more, you have taken your cowardice for good sense and have found comfort in deceiving yourselves so that perhaps, after all, there is more life in me than in you. Look into it more carefully, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's calling he's calling out the reader. I mean, basically saying, hey— you know, you look at me and judge me. Well, you know, you're too, you're too chicken, you're too chicken uh, to go halfway, right? Right. Yeah. The underground man takes it the whole way. He follows it right through to his logical conclusion. You know, there's no wall there. Yeah, but he was bound to do that anyways because that's just naturally who he was. I think what he did more than other people maybe would have is everything that he wrote down in, like, the first half of the book. Yeah. All the feelings of himself that he was willing to admit yeah. uh, on paper. Now, that's something a lot of us would not be able to do. I mean, that's, that's like, a real tangible thing right now. Like, yeah. go ahead, write down all the bad qualities about you as deep as he did. Pretty much. He, you're going to, uh, I'm going to go do something else. Right. You know what? The pencil's not working anymore. Sure, sure, sure. Right? I mean, he, he even says, I had succeeded in so corrupting myself. Like, wow. I mean, the guy's so convicting of himself. He is. He is. It's it's hard to imagine. Uh, he says, I could not even become an insect. You know, right at the beginning, yeah. That's that's pretty rough on yourself, right there. It's pretty rough. He says, he says, I couldn't become anything. You know, nothing. He, he, nothing. He, he couldn't become anything. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where, like, and there's a lot of this in this chapter because it's very. You got this paradox, like between because the second part takes place when the underground man is 24 years old, and then the first part takes place when he's 40. Yeah, that 
So that little time loop there, exactly. Man, that messed with me because I'm like, you were you were saying that like yeah, he remembers this for like 15 years later, and I'm like, right. No, he's talking about this like it happened the next day. What are you talking about? No, he is. But see, here's the rub. And then we went back, and I'm like, okay, never mind. (laughs) Right? No, it's true. I went from being like, oh, you're right. No, wait. No, I definitely got this right. And I'm like, oh no, I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You can um. You can see it. See, in, in this part, he says at the end, he says that there were other instances, there are other stories that mm-hmm. he could tell, but mm-hmm. he chooses this one particular story. And and there's kind of a reason for that because we, it, the reason you say that is because when you read the second part, the first part, right, where he's talking about the inner man and the inner dialogue, mm-hmm. that w- we see that same person. You know, we, we see that... We're like, oh, this is the same guy. You know, part one, part two, it's the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really not. One, the, the the guy with Lisa is 24, and then at the beginning of the book, he's 40. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, the reason why it's this experience and not any of the other experiences is because it's this was like, so effectively, after Lisa storms out, she leaves, yeah. right? The underground man's fate is set. That's it. It was conclusion. Is that he, he will now, beyond any measure, he will grow, he will grow old, and he will turn into the forty-year-old in chapter number one. Yep. Yep. That's what's going to happen now. You know, he's going to have other experiences. Time will pass, but right. once Lisa rushes out that door, right. it's all set in stone. Because right. he's he's convinced himself of the ending anyway, so there's no point in trying. Well, right. Well, also too, there's also there's a lot going on in this chapter. I mean, in terms of uh, there's a lot going on in this chapter in terms of how it, there the think of the comparison between the two characters. I mean, it's really stark, right? How um, how uh, like Lisa is so simple, right? Like the Lisa character, she's like she is she's full of she's full of compassion. And not just compassion, but reactive passion, right? Like, she's not... So, her experience with the underground man effectively is a lie. And, and she knows it because of the underground man's... Um, yeah. uh, because of the condition of his apartment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's thinking, oh, the underground man is a smart guy, he's an intelligent guy, and then she shows up at the front door, and she can see that that's not true. Oh, yeah. Right? So the underground man, when he's, you know, he, he's all worried about things, right? And, and then he goes off, and, and he's, he has this, you know, he lets it all out. And, 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 he has, and he, he's trying to play with her emotions, and he cries and lets it all out. She's able to embrace him, right, mm-hmm. despite the lie, mm-hmm. right? Like, so she, she, like, her approach is so simple, so compassionate, and so authentic that the fact that the underground man has an authentic hurt, that he has a real pain, a real loss in his life, that authenticity of that loss covers over his iniquity of lying. Yeah. She embraces it in the most real fundamental way, which is physical touch. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, and then you contrast that with the underground man and it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the underground I mean, underground man is about, I mean, he's he gets about as low as you can get. Yeah, yeah, not only does he he want to run away, but he's he's mean about it, you know. He uh, how he 
how he wants her to go away and how he how he thinks. Uh, but I did I did find something else in here yeah. too about um, him writing this. That I thought was interesting. He said he I believe I made a mistake in the beginning to write them anyway when he's talking about like shouldn't I just end these notes here? You know. Oh yeah, at the end he's, of the chapter. And he said right. he felt ashamed the whole time that he was writing the story. Um, yeah, he calls he said he, it was corrective punishment. He does he calls it punishment? Right? Yeah, yeah, he does. He says it's corrective punishment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it really is in a way for the underground man because he 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 writes it down as punishment because he's not able to he rationalizes it throughout the chapter. Remember at that point in the chapter where there's so many good quotes here. Right? We there's a ton. I have the, half the chapters highlighted for me. Oh, it's I'm looking <laughs> forward to it tonight. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna put all the notes together like one after another and yeah. just go through and just look at the notes in isolation one after another. Yeah. And it's so enlightening. I mean, it just it really is. There's so many here. Um, but he talks about that, uh, how it's ultimately what he does to Lisa is going to be a benefit for her, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and he's trying to rationalize how it's going to be a, a benefit for her and uh, and and how ultimately it's just it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. And he has to do this because he knows, like, this is, you know, this is his last chance. This is it. This is it. Yeah. And yet at the same time, and, and yet he can't, and he, not only he's openly admitting it here. I mean, he, he's just he he he's vile. He's spiteful. And and you don't have to you don't have to listen to Tom and Steve or go to Harvard to figure it out. Like, right. He says it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it is right here. Let me find a couple quotes here. So it all comes out. The underground man is, first of all, is incapable of love. And he says it right here. In the first place, by then I was incapable of love. For I repeat, with me, loving meant tyrannizing and showing my moral superiority. I have never in my life been able to imagine any other sort of love. Mm -hmm. Even in my underground dreams, I did not imagine love except as a struggle. I began it always with hatred and ended with moral subjugation. And afterwards, I never knew what to do with the subjugated object. Yep, that that kind of relates to my favorite passage from the whole chapter, the whole chapter. where he admits doing this, and this is what he said he did. Effectively. I have spoiled my life through morally rotting in my corner, through lack of fitting environment, through divorce from real life, so not even being in touch with real life, right? and rankling spite in my underground world would certainly not be interesting. A novel needs a hero and all the traits for an anti-hero are expressly gathered together here. And what matters most, it all pers- it all produces an unpleasant impression, for we are all divorced from life. We are all cripples, every one of us, more or less. So he, he, like, lays out exactly what he did to himself yeah. through that whole, the whole time. Through the whole time. The whole time. He's like, yep. So, so like, I don't know if he's looking back and he's like, "Oh crap, that's what I did to myself." Yeah, right. <laughs> or if like, like he knew it the whole time. Right. Because man, to write that, I know, and look back. Yep. At your wasted life. You got it. Oh, that man, you read that and that hit me so hard. Ouch. You know, reading that. Like, that that that'll make you do some soul searching. It did me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, am I wasting my life? Like, yeah. 
should I be doing something? Like, I feel like... Well, what about the moral rot? He talks about morally rotting. Morally rotting. Morally See, rotting. that's deep. I don't know. What, what do you... Does, do your morals rot because your thoughts consume you? Well, I, what do you what do you take from that? See, what I take from that when it's in the morals rot. You see, it's in the underground man's nature as a conscious thinker. Mm-hmm. See, he's always asking. Like for if Lisa had been a conscious thinker, if she had been uh, stricken with the disease of consciousness, sure. she would have gotten to the apartment and said, "Well, the apartment doesn't look well, so um, he probably lied to me. Why did he lie to me? He could have lied to me this way." He could have lied to me that way. Hmm. He could have lied to me for high. He could have lied to me for low. He could have done this. Or the underground woman. That. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So, she, it's constant thinking, and you're not yeah. grounded in anything, okay? So, but oh. when she gets there, she's grounded in on the underground man. She doesn't speak, okay? She wants to be there. She Basically, the underground man was there for her to help her to realize and to heal. And now she wants to return the favor, so it's yeah. very simple, right? I see what you're, well, I see what you're saying now. That didn't make sense to me until you just explained it. So okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, and, and you have to ask yourself here, okay? Like the ultimate question, I think, for the chapter itself, and, and for the book as well, but for the chapter, I think, mm-hmm. really, what alienates us from ourselves, right? Like the the underground man is alienated from others and from himself, and so. He challenges us that one we're in word. the same mire. We're in the same, yeah, one word. We're in the same mire, right? We're in the same mire. And so that's really, you ask yourself, what what alienates us from ourselves? What alienates us from others? All right, actually, I'll I'll, I'll put an A and a B out there, I guess. There two, you go. two choices. Hit me up. I'll put spite and pride. Yeah, spite and pride, you know? Not pride, not wanting to admit to ourselves, you know, what he just spent, I don't know. 20 chapters admitting <laughs> right <laughs> um, right and uh and in spite when we think of those things and we don't want to admit it just making our own situation worse you know which is yeah. what he just kept doing kept doing all the time all the time and it was to always get to those black and white conclusions for him you know, but he always says, he does, he always goes for that. But also, too, don't forget the narrative in living in books, right? Mm-hmm. He says in the, in the chapter, remember when he gives the grin? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember he taps on the screen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty cold. I mean, let's, let's, let's go down to brass tacks here, right? That's, that's pretty cold, right? <laughs> I mean, pretty cold. He says, uh, he says, I had the shamelessness to, ta- to tap softly on, on the screen, you know, to, 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 you know, as if, as if to remind her, you know, uh, hey, uh, sweetheart, uh, you're humiliated and, uh, time to go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. I had I had the shamelessness to tap softly on the screen as though to remind her, and then he says later, right with a grin, he comes up to her and he gives her a grin. Check this out. It's right here in the book. Right. I gave a spiteful grin, which was forced, however, mm-hmm. to keep up with appearances. Yep. The underground man's living a narrative. And he's aware of it. I mean, he's 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 up to this narrative, up to his eyeballs. I mean, he's up to his neck. I mean, he's like up to his neck in quicksand. I gave a spiteful grin, which was forced, however, to keep up appearances. And then he says this. He says, but I don't want to lie, right? No, well, forbid that he lies, right? I don't want to lie. And so I will say straight out that I opened her hand and put some money in it, the hand. How, why did he do it? Spite. From spite. 
yeah. in spite. And, and he says later, it was not an impulse from the heart, but came from my evil brain. This cruelty was so affected, so purposely made up, so completely a product of the brain of books mm-hmm. that I could not even keep it up a minute. See, first he dashes away. He, he can't even keep up the facade for a, a full minute because he knows how fake and, and, and he knows how fake it is. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, man. Unbelievable. Yep. So, yeah. But yeah. Then, then what happens? Then she hits the road and then he's going, uh oh. Lisa, Lisa. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. No, that's right. And he, he wants to kiss her feet, right? Yeah. Yeah, he says, why was I running after her? Why? To fall down before her, to sob with remorse, to kiss her feet, to entreat her forgiveness. I longed for that. My whole breast was being rent to pieces, and never, never shall I recall that minute with indifference. But what for, I thought. Should I not begin to hate her, perhaps even tomorrow, just because I had kissed her feet today? Should I give her happiness? Had I not recognized that day for the hundredth time what I was worth? Should I not torture her? And here it is, right? So the underground man has become so calcified with consciousness, right? Remember, he calls it a disease. Yeah. And why wouldn't he? Because he's got he's got this right. he's got this opportunity for love, right? Yeah. I mean, he's found the girl, right? He's read all these books about the remember in, in Western. And she's Europe? put up with him for quite a I mean quite a can't, bit. Can't can't get much worse than that. Right. No, you can't. I mean the honeymoon phase went horribly. Man, remember <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah so. no doubt. <laughs> remember in Western Europe and in, in, in Europe when they, they had all these stories about the redeemed prostitute and the underground man knew all this and then he lived out out books. The underground man stumbles and fumbles and bumbles his way onto an actual real-life heroine. Yeah. And he's able to—she's actually there for him. And in her simplicity, right, her her affection, right, for him. So her compassion and her affection mm-hmm. is the equal and opposite of the underground man's intellect, right? Like what oh, yeah. the underground man—like— her simple affection smooths out the underground man. We, remember, we were talking. We were talking kind of about this before we started recording. Uh, yeah, a with, little bit with men and, and women, right? We were, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, sure women were. just want to feel secure, and yeah, we really were. <laughs> you know, boy, man, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta. You just don't know how many it takes. You gotta sit down, and we we gotta oil out the. We gotta oil oil out the engine, man. You know, we gotta put in the engine oil. And we got to uh, we got to put in the cough drops, and we got to get the we got to get rolling, you know. There's a lot that goes into this. Oh man, there's a lot to go into it, man. It ain't all fit. It ain't all theoretical physics, you we know. Don't just hop on here, and man. As we throw this together, it's not all abstract geometry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. We really do. Yeah. And uh, so, so LARPing is the term where you're going to try to you're going to try to. Um, I think you try to act. You try to act like someone else. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know. So you're you're trying like you maybe act like you're a macho guy, but you're not really a macho guy. Huh. Or you try to act. Like, I'm gonna stick with acting. LARPing act. sounds weird. LARP. Yeah, acting. Or, or like, I think that's <laughs> what they call it. But like the underground man is constantly contextualizing, and then he's kind of pretending to be something he's not. You know. Yeah. So uh, all the time. So he's always LARPing. Uh, and so anyhow, in terms of how uh, the, you look at the contrast between the two. And back to your original question. Your original question you'd ask me here, you'd ask me about, okay, so I think the answer to your question comes down to, all right, let's, sincerity. 
Let me ask you this question. Do you think the underground man is sincere? Oh, boy. You, I guess, uh, I feel like I'm one of them kids on the spelling bees where it's like, can you say that in a sentence? Because I need to know, like, in, in what sense? Like, right. is he sincere? I mean, he's he's honest to the core, that's for sure. Well, yeah. So if, if sincere is that way, sure. Uh, I don't know, like, when you put sincerely at the end of a letter, isn't that like a nice term? Well, it is. I don't is think nice there's term. any niceness that exists in him. So, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, probably not. Do I? Do I think he means what he's what he's saying? Uh, absolutely. Do I think he he likes uh, himself for it? I don't believe so. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to. Uh, so a lot of it comes down to virtue, right? So do you think that the under? Ask yourself this question. An easier question. Okay. Do you, you think gotta, that gotta the, dumb it down for me over here? No, no, I'm not dumb it down, <laughs> but it, it's just okay. a different question. Do you think the underground man values intelligence or does he value truth? Oh boy, I'm gonna go. Honestly, I'm gonna go with with truth because I think that is for him. If you have truth, an absolute, which is what he's always looking for, yeah. then you are inherently intelligent for seeking that truth. You know, I think he's always looking for truth, but he, he rarely ever finds it because he's always, he never has that first principle. You know, back in the first chapter, they always talk about the first principle. Like, he, ne- he never ha- like he, he can never quite get there. And so there's always this sense of objective and subjective, okay, right? Like, the underground man likes to act like the, there's an objective. He, and, and the objective is always, it's either abstracted or it's acted out. So... For example, the underground man loves humanity in an abstract sense. He loves all humanity in an abstract sense, but yeah. he hates his neighbor, you mm-hmm. know. But he, he despises people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in, in that sense, he kind of has this abstract view of the objective, but he lives out the subjective. And then, uh, in terms of of his, and then even in terms of, um, well, that th- this all results in two things and the underground man asks you a question actually it 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 ha- it ends in yeah. cheap happiness or exalted sufferings Good and he boy. says which is better so the underground man asks you that question you know what it's a really it's true it's true and you know i think that again it comes down to the consciousness versus the man of action right man of action would have the happy i think he would have the 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 simple happiness mm mm-hmm. And then the man of consciousness is, is not going to have that. He's he's, yeah. he's going to be tortured. See, the nice thing is when I pose you questions, it, it, there's no right or wrong answer. Well, I feel like I'm being quizzed when you ask me stuff. No, you got to pick no, easier no. books. This is uh, no. Well, this is <laughs> hey, no. This is that's a tough one, man. Right? No, it's a tough. One. Listen, would be okay. Wow, it'd be, you're going to be chomping them out to get the next one. That right? or you're going to need a smarter co-host. I no, don't know, one no, of the two. no, no, not at all, not at all, no, not at all. Look at that, See, uh, man! I look, uh, I look forward. You'll be teaching. Uh, you're gonna be teaching college courses in your old age. <laughs> Miss me with that. <laughs> there you are. See, yeah, Professor sure. Hot. They'll say Professor Hot. Via, oh, via podcast, maybe. I guess I don't. Say, Hold on, Professor Hot's coming through the back door. <laughs> Sorry, you're be quiet. He, Professor Hot would have to leave his house for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the underground, right? Yeah. So I, I think that when the underground man who loves the objective. Mm-hmm. But yet he's drowning in the subjective, and I think to answer your question, it comes back to this. Like, in our, and I always like to bring it back to our modern age, right? So we live in the underground man's world, all right. Not the same world of Saint Petersburg, but 
okay, so let's all go to the modern age, okay? So the right. modern current age, right? Yep. One example that's a great example, it's a great way to frame what we see in Notes from Underground. Sure. Is how you can take one word, but you can have many different expressions in one supposedly unified culture, okay? Let's take a word. Let's take the word justice, all right? Justice. Mm-hmm. Great word, right? Yeah. Um, so, right, great I word. I love justice. Right? Our former president probably, lo- he loves words, and it's probably one of his favorites. Good word. <laughs> so, we have, oh, we love, That's yeah, great. loves words. So, we have a word justice. Great word, right? Yeah. Great word, justice. So, here, let's take this word, okay? If you are someone, let's say that you're, Greatest virtue is democracy. Okay, and you say, "Well, what's your greatest virtue?" My, uh, someone's greatest virtue is democracy. Then that means that justice to that person means fifty-one percent of the vote. Okay, so as long as fifty-one percent of the people are on board, it doesn't really matter what the other forty-nine percent think. The, the, the what the fifty-one percent think is justice. Black and white. Yeah. That's what justice is. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can talk to. Uh, so, for example, you can talk to uh, a libertarian. And someone that's focused with liberty. And you can say, okay, well, what's your greatest virtue? My greatest virtue is liberty, right? Libertarian. I'm a liberty, okay? So that person's view is not 51%, okay? That person's view is anything that I do that doesn't hurt another person, right? right? Like, I, I can hurt my own self. I own my body. I own myself. I'm my own property. So I can do whatever I want. And as long as I'm not in putting violence into someone else's life, as long as I'm not hurting another person— right? then that's fine, right? So that person has a, a complete worldview that's based on justice. You look at the Christian, and you can see that he that fears God has another worldview. To them, justice is found in God's Word. And that's it. Yeah, they go to God's Word. Hey, we're going to go to God's Word. We're going to study it out. We're going to yeah. see what God says about it, and yeah. that is, that's it. And black that's and our, white. That's our black and white. Done. Exactly. Black and white, you're done. Amen. Right? Yeah, they're yep. done. Okay? Love it. So... Yep. Amen. So, and again, you can also go to a, another uh, category. You can look at the progressives or, uh, you know, uh, the, the critical theorists, as I like to call them, you know. Yeah. To them, justice has to do with uh, oppressed groups and power dynamics. So they can say, okay, well, we need to look at the power dynamics in society, and only the power dynamics can only by look, for example, uh, they might say, they look at literature and they might say, only by deconstructing the political power dynamics in literature can you see the literature for the its ultimate good, right? So it comes down to power dynamics. So you have four different groups that view the term justice in four fundamentally different ways, and that's a problem because all four people are using the word to to align their values and yeah. their actions in the real world, uh-huh. right? So when you live in a society of underground men, underground people, right? So you got underground man over there, underground man over there, underground man over there, underground man over there. None of them are rooted in any sort of first principle. Nope. Right? Nope. And and none, and all of them are constantly vacillating back and forth between these constant possibilities, right? And mated by narrative, by what they see in books and what they're taught and what they're told, right? So they can see it, right? They Then they, they see the narrative. And so then they all send out their little notes on the social media, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we get, that's how, and then that's what drives us crazy, Bad right? game of telephone. There you go, man. That's what drives us crazy, man. Tom and Steve, man, they're listening 
and they hear it, man. We hear notes from Blunderground all the time. You yeah, know, I was gonna say, are we we're part of that right now, aren't we? We are. Well, we, we are. We are. <laughs> are we contributing to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hopefully not. We'll see. Yeah, uh, uh, possibly. I. Uh, it's the. <clears throat> it's. The the truth of the matter is it's the watering down of, of God. That's what's causing problems mm-hmm. in society. Yep, you got it. Because the more narratives you put out there, yep. uh the further you get narratives. Away, yep. The further you get away from actual justice, which is God. Yep. Um and I'm just gonna be bold and say that. Sure. Um and I'm not gonna be apologetic for it or, or anything. Amen. Um so the yeah, the the more narratives get out there that are from man, the less room there is for God and uh the worse off we are. Yeah. I think that Dostoevsky would agree, uh, and I think that that's a major theme in, in the book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's how we can relate the book to our modern life. Uh, we, we don't have, as a people, a shared vision. And we have a shared language, but we don't have shared meaning. Mm. And so we, uh, this is causing us to come apart at the seams because we, we're always constantly talking back we're talking past each other, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, you'll have a, you know, even that word democracy. You know, like a, a you know, you, when a certain political party uses the term, they may or may not be even speaking about what you consider the word to mean. So, if you say, if someone says to you, if someone says to you, your threat to democracy and your 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 vision of democracy is different than that person, yeah. then you say, well, I'm not a threat because I define the word differently. Well, now you're in a power dynamic because you can only define a word one way unless you're all going to get down to a country of one, right? Is that <laughs> is that where we all end up with here? Is it just a country of one? I, I was in an army of one. An army? Okay, right there you go. An army back, of one, right? When I joined. Yeah, that was, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a big buzzword back then. No, we weren't, I promise. Oh, um, but no, he, uh, he, he has an inter- interesting quote here towards the end of the chapter. Yeah. Um, he talks about prayer. He says, it would be the worst for us if our petulant prayers were answered. And he's like, come, try. Give any one of us, for instance, a little more independence, untie our hands, widen the spheres of our activity. It It's, it, he continues on, but yeah. what he's getting at here is he's like, yeah, if you gave us all what we actually wanted, if, if God actually answered our prayers, you have no idea the wrath you would unleash on yourself. Yeah. Because God is sovereign. Right. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, you know, the thing is, too, is it's such a great point that he makes there at the end. And it's it's comes back again into our modern age, right? What is the one thing that everybody complains about constantly, right? Distraction, right? Everybody says, oh, we have so much technology. The technology mm. is so distracting. It's There's literally like a joke like, hey, you guys want to go somewhere phone and hang, hang out and look at our phones? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. There's so much distraction and, and, and there's so much drama that fills our life. Right. Mm-hmm. But here, like, OK, so the underground man. And when I read this, it, it cuts. I mean, it does. It's like a knife that cuts your skin and it makes you recoil because the underground man is is calling out some pretty. He's calling out some some pretty serious, uh, some pretty stark idols here. You know, he's so. A lot of people, right? Like, if you if you buy the book Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, okay, the front of the book, the cover, is a picture of a palm tree, and then there's like a there's a, a chair there on the palm tree, and then there's somebody sitting on the beach in the palm tree. You know, apparently, I guess he just got done his four hour work day or his work week. He's just got done four hours, and now he's got the rest of the week. And now all he has to do is to sit on the beach. He's got the the he's got like the the pina colada thing in, in his hand. And then he's sitting on the beach and he's enjoying the sunset. You said four? Four. Four hour. 
That's what the book's called, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> four hour? Four hour. So I, I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't hear 40. You four, oh, yeah, no, not four 40. Hour four hour, right? So the whole Forget thing- Forget a on, book. That probably sounds appealing as a lifestyle to most people. Probably. I would think <laughs> so, you know? And if you look at the cover of the book, there's this guy, and he's sitting on the beach, because mm-hmm. after he's worked his four hours, he's got the other 36 hours plus whatever to just sit on the beach and mm. just- just contemplate, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he's going to do. He's going to contemplate life for a while. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, here's like the here's where we get this big contra- this big contradiction, right? Mm-hmm. This big paradox, because the underground man kind of comes in and is like, you know, like every, underground man's like he's ripping off the band aid, right? Like everybody wants this, and everybody says that they want it. And you know what? And then the underground man, he's a smart guy, man, and he's just going to start flinging the monkey poop. I mean, he's flinging it. Because mm-hmm. he basically tells people, right? Like, if you had it, it you, would be... You you wouldn't want it. It's not what you think it is. There you go. He says, it's not what you think it is, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is not what you think. And so, here's the thing, right? If we were to live a life of total leisure, okay? Like if you were on the beach and you had 36 hours and all you had to do was just think it through, right? I mean, that is a that is a man alone with his iniquity and his God, it's right? You can't torture. run away from it. It's torture. You can't run away from it, right? Because you either need to give in to the torture, right? Mm-hmm. You either need, like Underground Man says it, right? In chapter number one, go back, read it, Okay, I couldn't even become an insect. I could become nothing, right? Mm-hmm. He, he could. The underground man, after 40 years, makes the statement, I could not become anything, neither good nor evil, neither heroic nor cowardly. He could not become an insect. He gets to a point where he cannot become anything because there's no objective standard, and he's burned himself out on going back and forth on his own iniquity, and he's been hyper-focused on his own iniquity. A man who has 36 hours on a beach to do nothing but contemplate lives with his own iniquity and lives with his own need and faces his own and faces his God. Right. What do I add to that? Well, the thing is, is that you look at our <laughs> lives, it. right? Look at our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have we have the phones, we have distractions of every kind, and we yeah. hate them. Do we? Oh, I right. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, if, if many it weren't times, for email, <laughs> goodbye. Right, so there you go. Give me a pay phone. I don't even want a phone at my house. Right. <laughs> the, Send me a letter if you want to talk to me. <laughs> right, if you want to talk to me. To see. The thing is, is all these things serve to distract us. And do we even need, we don't even need them, right? Like you can not own a phone, like, and have tons of time in your day, right? But a lot of times we distract ourselves from the real issue. Like the underground man is not a success story. The underground man is a disaster, right? But, But even he in his disaster looks at everyone else and says, well, you know what? At least I had the courage to sit in a basement apartment in the underground and, and, Face the music. All you people with all your distractions and all of your busy You're one life, distraction away from being me. Right, pretty, Yeah, right. There you go, right? Because all you got to do, you just, that guy over there just needs five more minutes to figure it out. And as soon as that distraction goes away, he's going to be staring himself right in the mirror. And guess what? Guess who knows what he's going to find? I do. Yep, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And the underground right. man is laying it down right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and it really does. I mean, when you read it, it it it, it makes you skip a breath, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it definitely makes you reflect inwardly, and uh, 
I mean, I was excited to to come to the end of the book as I am any book that that I read, sure. you know, just to see like where is this gonna you know wrap up at type of thing. Yeah, right, no doubt. And um, twice he invokes that it's better in books towards the end. He does. Um, he says this is one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. He says, "Leave us alone without books, and we shall be lost and in confusion at once. We shall not know what to join onto, what to cling to, what to love." and what to hate, what to respect, and what to despise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah the, he says books, and I don't know. My my first thought was book. Yeah. <laughs> Bible. Right. Yeah, no, I know. But, exactly. But right. no, I, I see what he's getting at. Yeah, I do. I see what he's getting at, but I know. But you look at the book. See, the the book, the, the Bible, the living book, the living word of God, mm-hmm. right? So you look at that as a special book. And but we have books. The reading of many books will weary the body. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Ecclesiastes twelve twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know something. Speaking of of books in in the Bible, and you said the the living word, and I I just want to make this point to anybody who maybe maybe needs this clarified or or whatever. Um, but the Bible, right? Like, so when I set my Bible down, I won't put anything on top of it ever. Okay. The Bible says. The flesh became, or the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, that's pretty powerful. And then you got the first verse of the Gospel of John. Yeah. In the beginning was the word. And yeah. The word was with God, and the word was God. Was God. So that's twice it tells me that Bible's God. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> well, I'm going to have some reverence for this oh, thing. Right, sure. And sure. Uh, I, I I, mean, I, again, I don't even go so far as to set something on it. Yeah. You know, um, that. That thing, I don't care if it's the biggest book. I'm going, oh, well, it's going to stack right. weirdly sure. <laughs> on it top of weirdly. a smaller book. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we all need to take that book very seriously. Um, and we have the freedom here as Americans that Dostoevsky, as he was writing this book, right. didn't totally have. Yep. There's a lot of the, we mentioned it early on in this podcast about yeah, this so. book that um, there's a lot of redacted things. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's um, true. From here that, that, were redacted because they were Christian. That's right. That's uh, exactly right. Frankly, that being the case, I'm surprised as much um, Christian stuff made it in here, so to speak. Yeah. As it did. Yep. Um, so just that's something that we shouldn't take lightly. Is is that freedom that we have to to study the Word of God, to to worship God. Yeah. Amen. And to know Him. Amen. That's true. So, that good book. Deep, deep book. Oh, notes from underground. Very much so. No, very much so. And it really does. It goes into where we are. It really goes into where what we do, uh, what we do on a, a very regular basis um, is, you know, what we hear really comes down to the milieu of the age or the spirit of the age. You know, uh, there you go with your big words again. Well, yeah, the spirit, <laughs> well, spirit of the age, you know, we we live with the spirit of the age all around us and um, we we listen and. I don't know about you for you hearing this right now, but for myself and for Steve, you know, it's, it's something that you we can't turn our eyes away from, you know, we can't, we can't close our ears to. And I mean, what do we see and what do we hear? We hear it's, it's all notes, right? I mean, it's, it's notes. And, and, and for Dostoevsky and then for Petersburg and in 1840 notes from underground, you know, and for us in, in our current year, uh, in our modern times, I don't think we're underground anymore. I think we it's uh it's all it's all out for everyone to see. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Everything's everything's out in the open at this point. Yeah, you know, and so uh, everything's out in the open at this point. And uh, so, um, you know, we live in a uh, we live in a red pill world. And, uh, you know, and uh, there are no more sacred, uh, nothing sacred anymore. And uh, there's a there's stuff flying around everywhere. And so if you hear it like we do and uh, you hear those notes, uh, rest assured, they are notes from Blunderground. And you can hear that every single day. Uh, Tom and Steve, uh, check out our schedule and we will be talking about it. We will be examining it and we will be putting it up to the light uh, to see what we can see. Uh, there's only one light in the world, and that's God's light. Amen. And uh, so we are going to be putting it up to the light and seeing what we can see and seeing what we can figure out. This has been an amazing journey. Yes, it is. Wow, this has been what? You say 15 hours? Less? More? Oh, boy. I don't want to add all that up. Boy, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Are you counting editing time? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, just uh, straight listening time. So if yeah. you made it this far, really, we really appreciate you. Yep. Uh, we want to thank you, uh, and uh, we really do appreciate you. Please uh, leave a comment, reach out to us, uh, let us know that you're out there, and uh, it was our great pleasure to go through this book. Uh, boy, any closing thoughts? No, looking forward to seeing what book we do next and uh, taking through that. We um, we haven't even decided on one yet, so. Yeah, well, I think I've actually decided on like five, you know. And oh. So then I, I, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with which so we're, one we should we're, be doing first. We're waiting, we're waiting to figure out the order, folks. Yeah, this I can't wait. I think one of the things I can't wait to do is give you that that first chapter for the next book, you know, because you're gonna, you're, it's gonna be like a slip and slide for you, you know. Hmm. You're gonna hmm. be. You're, I, I can't wait. You're gonna, you're gonna read it in about two and a half minutes. You're gonna go. Hey, you say, hey, Tom. Do we do we wanna we wanna podcast seven podcasts today? We'll do the first seven chapters, since you will be reading the book all in one 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 fell swoop. Uh, by the way, folks, I get uh, maybe five minutes more of a heads up than you do on what's going on in the book. <laughs> Just so you know. No, hey, you know it's uh, you know um, it, what a book. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, I don't think we got everything right or or everything wrong. Uh, I, but I, it really was as a parent. And as a, as as a believer, um, as as a man, uh, was just uh, there's a lot here. You know, there's a lot to, a lot to see, a lot to look at, uh, and a lot to consider. Uh, and we're certainly not done. Nope. No, certainly not done. Uh, we are going to be continuing. Uh, and uh, here, so let's uh, let's go ahead. We're going to leave it out with a quote from the Underground Man, and it is Stephen Ott's favorite quote from the book. So it's my great honor to read it. Uh, Steve, you were the one that pointed it out first, and we'll leave you with this. Uh, this is uh, something to consider uh, because we have the culmination here. I have spoiled my life through morally rotting in my corner, through lack of fitting environment, through divorce from real life, and rankling spite in my underground world. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right, we'll see you good. next time. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time 